0: This is a good idea, actually. Giving time for Isla
1: videos—that hmm. <laughs> makes the day better. That'll right reset. That's smart.
0: When she laughs, it is really sweet. Like uh, she's got the good giggle. She's going got on. that really, yeah. <laughs> I got
2: a thank
3: you. Amy goes is that a monster. She goes yes. <laughs> I'm pretty scared. <laughs> <laughs> listen to. It. What's that? Oh, the boys are coming. It's a monster.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: A foodie sayer. Oh, I love it.
3: Uh, I'm food in Sayer
1: That's hilarious.
3: Oh my gosh. This is a production of Dirty Mode Media. Everybody, it's Dale Jr. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Junior download. I got my co-host Mike Davis here with me. Leah's in the house. Matthew's in the house. We got Hall of Fame Crew Chief Chad Knauss coming on the show. We got an ass junior and a whole lot more. Shredded beef. Uh-oh. Oh, no. jerky. Oh not again. Shredded beef jerky's back. No. no. Shredded beef jerky. No. I got some for everybody. Let's get the show started. Dale Jr. Dale Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I brought you guys your very own cat food. Let's see this. Yeah.
0: There you, go, Mike.
1: It's like flavored sawdust.
3: This. Yes, flavored sawdust.
0: <laughs> yes. Is that a good explanation? Is that a good? Matthew, will you
3: please take her?
1: got Oh, yes. I, I think
3: I think. No, 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 no. Your
1: husband,
3: you, so your Dale husband, is future out. husband
0: can try. It. He, he, he's oh, got no. basically. Oh
1: no! We he's oh, obsessed with this stuff.
0: So, yeah. so for those right. listening at home, Dale Jr. has a big <laughs> tub <Everyone. laughs> of shredded beef, beef jerky. The beef jerky, thrown jerky thrown is the in these cans. I've never seen These little beef snuff jerky jerky cans. Flies. And now he's throwing them across the room. One more good commentary. So everybody there, has Bob Costas original. All right,
3: everybody's got one. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Unfortunately, all right, all right. I'm glad. I still have like 25 left. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> I hope this was. You, you guys Christmas. are so welcome. I'm so thankful. You guys
0: are so welcome. Is that the tub that you have in your truck, or does that come from the house? <laughs> this come from the house. Okay.
3: I just wanted to share.
0: Okay. So thoughtful. So kind. I can't
3: Thank wait. Thank you. Shred it's an unscrew. Uh, you got to stick. You got to take your oh. razor sharp thumbnail Ew. and s- and and open it. Cut the paper. Shred it. Shred the I paper. swear
1: that sawdust.
0: It looks like cat food sawdust.
1: Oh my God! It smells awful. was <laughs> oh, like ho- jerky.
0: Hey, Dale, oh, look me. at Dustin right now. Do that again. Is
1: Dustin, doing it? Dustin, I, it's I lo- good, eh? Hey?
0: No, no. Do what you just did. <laughs> that's how you eat it. That's how you eat it. <laughs> like he's a chihuahua eating food out of a can. It's the easiest way to eat it. What's the
3: point of of uh, just cut the middleman out, which oh, is your hand? Shit, you just stick try. your,
0: just go straight in. Your
3: tongue in it, or you oh, dump it in your mouth.
0: <laughs> mm. It's
3: so dry Well Yeah Shredded beef jerky Look there he goes we
0: have got a taste test coming Matthew Dillner What Texture's do you think? Texture's weird It's weird? Texture's
3: weird I wish it was wet <laughs> Gross That would be really gross
0: yeah. Then it would seriously so be A considered... lot of dirty jokes being said out there in podcast that would, land That
3: would really make the already chewed feature oh. More realistic if it As means. you get it
0: As you get it the it mixes in with
4: your saliva It actually tastes pretty good Because I like beef jerky The flavor So it tastes like beef jerky It's just it weird texture It is beef first. jerky
3: That's why it tastes that way Anyone else jerky Gonna chew. try it It I'm- says
4: jerky chew That's okay yeah. That's different
3: huh. Come on Leah Wait did Leah, you, are get- are you trying Leah are it
1: jerky. No 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 I was just reading the label Okay just
4: so Don't it. be we're silly We're gonna wait I, on you I'm actually, Don't be silly Just send it
1: I'm actually impressed That they're You know I can pronounce Almost all the ingredients in here Oh so. my god It's good Okay. Come Mike. on. Don't
3: be silly, I think I'll save this. I think, I'll save, the, I think I'll
1: save this and get oh, oh, Mike! It? Yeah, Mike! Come on, Mike!
3: I got faith so you in take you. Take your fingernail. There you go. Oh, look. Get in
0: there, Mike. James Arr. is opening his C- camera. People are eating jerky. Yeah. I can't get through this. Oh, Come here on. we go. Here Arr. we
4: go.
3: Jason Schultz hasn't eaten his. Mm-hmm.
0: Schultz doesn't look like he's gonna be eating his. It's tough to get into. It's Come hard. on, damn it, Schultz. Take your fingernail and just damn jerky. Go around in a circle. Hey, uh, while I do this, it should be noted, Jack Links isn't exactly a sponsor of our show or anything. <laughs> you know, people that yeah, think Dale. that this is a paid deal, it's not. It's not a paid deal. <laughs> this is all free. <laughs> Although the Jack Links people did reach out to us and said thank you. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. That was
1: nice. We, oh, like, okay.
0: we, we like what we like. I like the Sasquatch. I'm just going to I'm gonna pour it in. I'm not doing oh. it. Do what you're going to do. Do it.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, This is awful. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mike, think of the Jack Links, folks.
0: I'm sorry. You just Look. ruined the deal. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> think ruined. of the future <laughs> deal we had. It ruined me.
3: Free jerky forever.
0: No, listen, I love beef jerky, but this is sawdust, man. <laughs> wait. I'm watching know. Uh, how long do I got to wait? Well, you dumped a big pile of it in your yeah, mouth. What once you it expect? gets wet, it's good. Oh. I've swallowed it now, and I'm still waiting for once it, it, it get to get moist. No. What good is that? You might as well just... I'm just telling you, beef jerky is good without shredding, chewing
1: it, it already. Yeah,
3: I yeah. like it that way also. He's eating his oh Mark. Trena. He's eating his at a very moderate pace, whereas Mike the, tried to pile stick a whole pile hey, in there. Mike, what is Mike, Mike, what are you doing? You don't put the whole can in your mouth. How could that be enjoyable oh, well, in any way? That must look like a huge bite.
0: You're talking to me like you're an expert in how much beef shredded beef jerky is supposed to go in. No, I not. Thing. You have no I'm idea. I'm washing it
3: down, down with eating, Twix. What are you eating now?
0: I'm eating a Twix afterwards. Oh, of course, yes. That's such a great thing to wash it
3: down with. <laughs> wash down. Well, that, that's what everyone washes everything down with Twix, Twix bar. Uh, you know, ain't no chaser like a Twix chaser. Yes. <laughs>
0: <Man>. <laughs> well, the. The second bite was better than the first. Maybe it was just my body going. What the hell? Culture uh, 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 consistency yeah. is this? Yeah, it d- okay. it all, right. all it right. didn't know. Very good.
3: Um, <clears throat> wasn't sure about how you guys felt about us saying the word redneck. Doesn't bother me. It bother anybody?
0: We're sitting here eating shredded beef jerky yeah. at a table, and you're worried about what people might say. If well, we say ultimate redneck
3: segue. All right. So, <laughs> Will Will Cronkite. All right, Will Cronkite uh, has wrote a book and it's called NASCAR Redneck. I was a NASCAR Redneck. He says, these are the recollections of the transformation of a Yankee farm boy to a southern redneck in the golden era of NASCAR and beyond. The foreword in this uh, book is by Humpy Wheeler. Ooh, Uh, I have read some excerpts, I guess, uh, was what you'd call them. And um, Dad drove a car for wheel in 1978. We have it right here on the table right here. Yep. Um, actually I think I would credit this particular car and wheel for really giving dad the opportunity to show what he could do. He run a had a couple of good runs and he was able to run multiple events in 1978 with wheel. But, uh, I can't wait to read this book. I just got it today. I actually, I don't forget where I saw where I could order this, but I put my order in and it's a, uh, I just wanted to give Will a little, a little love. Yeah. And a little signed postcard in here with him and my father. Oh, that's cool. Um, even right at the page 317, my first race with Dale Sr. Did I tell y'all about any of this? Didn't I read this? No. Uh, hold on one second. Okay. It's a really cool spot in here that uh, I thought was pretty damn incredible. Will talks about uh, when they learned that they would be racing together. That dad came over to his shop, okay, to to fit the seat. All right, it was uh. So he's he's coming over. Uh, Dad's coming over to Will's shop in 1978 to fit the seat in this car. Dad is getting the opportunity of his life to race this car at Charlotte. One of the best cars that he's one of the best cars by far that he's probably had a chance to drive in the Cup Series. Uh, so I'll just start here. It was a 45 minute. It was. It was fifty-five miles from Dale's house to my shop, and he arrived in forty-five minutes. He arrived <laughs> yeah, he arrived in an old blue pickup with a small boy sitting at his side.
0: Oh, this is cool.
3: When we got out of the truck, he went around to the pasture side door, rolled down the window, closed the door so that the boy could look out and watch what we were doing. I was expecting to have an have to add some padding to make the seat fit someone who was clearly smaller than the man who drove it before, Buddy Baker. And maybe relocate the seat somewhat by redrilling some mounting holes or maybe add a bracket or two. Something simple. Four hours of adjustments later, I'm not exactly smiling as we had not only made all of the aforementioned modifications, we had made a new seat frame, <laughs> assembly and cut and lowered the floorboard in the car, which resulted in the seat being both lower and further back. My nice new race car had weld and grind marks all over the floor and my stomach was sore from climbing in and out of the car. Once in a while, as I was struggling with something, I would look up and he would display that Cheshire cat grin and without speaking, hand me a wrench or climb in the other window to help. Hmm. We both had worked up a sweat and had been at it for more than four hours, taking time off only to get a drink as Dale went to check on the small boy who had kept quiet but constant – who had kept a quiet but constant vigil on our progress. And while – all the while he watched, his nose was running, and because he was continuously pressed up against the grass, there were a number of tracks running down the the, the door glass. I do not recall him speaking, but <laughs> he was always at the window when I looked over at him. Wow. That was me. Wow. That's wow. Yeah not that cool? That's, That's awesome. So that cool. is amazing. It's amazing that he remembers that yeah, too, right? That that detail. Daddy huh? took me uh, to – I guess Daddy probably had nowhere else to put me, so I had to probably go. But uh, I bet you
0: don't remember that, do you? Hell no. I was four years old. What is so interesting is that when you get to be able to have this little glimpse into something you don't remember, but man, is that not a cool little depiction of you at four years old that you otherwise would never get?
3: I'm just glad that I was... I mind, I minded.
0: Right. Yeah. right. You didn't know how that story <laughs> was going to end up. Yeah. You're a good boy. The, the next chapter could have been the part where the boy was unruly, and that was the end yeah, of I Dale Earnhardt's got, career yeah. with him because he didn't want to have that kid come back around yeah, the shop. He didn't shop. have to get the belt out. Yeah, right. I felt sorry for that kid after yeah. that whooping he took. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right.
3: Let's get on uh, Get on with the show here. All
4: right. You guys ready to bring in our guest, Chad Knauss?
0: Yeah. How do you want us to do it? Yeah. Anyway, well just
3: should, we're gonna open the door and he's walk gonna in come in. Like we always do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs>
3: Let's not overthink this,
0: Jimmy Johnson through three and four. Make room, Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. There's another seven time champ.
3: Man, I am so proud of you. So proud of you. You're a good man. You're a
0: great champion. Now you're a seven-time champion, brother. Hey. Hey, guys. hey man. Come on in. Good to
4: see everybody. Golly. This is
3: like a, you know... Where we have to have our masks off. It's like, we don't even want to leave these chairs. <laughs> right. The we weren't
0: even going to do a show this year, but this is the part where you can take your mask off. So we said, heck, let's, yeah. well, let's just do the show. Let's just do keep the 24, doing this thing.
4: 24-7.
3: All right. Yeah. So, um, Chad Knauss, uh it's awesome to have you in the room.
4: Man, I'm glad to be here. I really am.
3: How, how did this uh, happen? Like, your, The and Knauss from 10 years ago would have never came <laughs> on my show because it's a, it's a Tuesday and there's work to be done.
4: Well, it's a little different
0: time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that true, first of all? Chad, Chad yeah. from 10 years ago would not have come on the Dale download on a He'd Tuesday. He said, I ain't got time for
3: that.
4: Well, I would have. I would have said maybe after work, but, you know, Unless, no. maybe if not you, the day, Maybe no
3: if you'd won the past Sunday, you might, might have, done, have been that. Good enough <laughs> done that. Yeah, it wasn't
4: a personal thing, Mike. I can tell you that. No, it was just, uh, man, we were working. We're working. There's stuff to do, you know, and... Uh, there still is stuff to do, and I don't want to downplay. You know, this, sure, how how serious we still are. You know, with yeah. the twenty fourth, <laughs> right. one more race. You, you know, one but, more race. right, one more race. But um, man, I felt like it was a good opportunity, and honestly, you know, the reason why I haven't done this before is because I was never asked.
3: Oh my god! Oh, yeah, see, he that, turned it around. He turned it back on you. <laughs> I does that. think he does that's that. on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, wow. So, Chad, man, you have a really awesome history uh, with your family and how you came up through the sport, and uh, I mean, most of people. I'm going to probably – I won't give them a lot of credit. I'm going to assume that they know you as Jimmy's crew chief and the seven-time champion, yeah. the be- one of the best crew chiefs. Let's just go ahead and say it. Uh, one of the best that's ever done it. But there's a lot more there, right? There's And that's kind of what this show's all about. So talk to me about what's your first memory of seeing a car, racing? <laughs> uh, what What's the first time you remember going – Oh man, that's neat! Or yeah, has it
4: always been? Were you born into it? I was Dale, and and you know, um, not someone like you, honestly. My father, um, like you may or may not know this, but my father drove late models and race cars up in the Midwest, and he was driving before I was born. So you know, late '60s, and I was born in '71, and you know, I got really cool pictures of him with you know, old you know, steel-bodied cars with you know the roll cage and the doors ripped off of it, and he's out at a dirt track at Freeport, Illinois Speedway, you know, racing it up. And he was a guy, man, he was racing up there and he was doing pretty good racing with, um, you know, guys like, man, Dick Trickle, Tom Reffner, Joe Shear, you know, Larry Dechens, you know, I mean, just junior Hanley's and all those g- cats up there. I mean, cool dudes. Right. And I can remember going to the racetrack with my dad and my, my grandparents had, uh, an old Monte Carlo and, uh, I would hop in the back when I was young cause I would spend the summers with my father. My father and my mother were, were divorced and, uh, man, I would just trek along in the back of the Monte Carlo and go to. Follow my dad to the racetracks. One of my neatest experiences, I, do, I remember as I do, I just popped into my head. I can remember laying on my dad's creeper. On his, uh, he was on his back, and I was laying on his belly looking up, and he gave me a, a spray can, a rattle can of paint, and he just welded a bar on there. And he said, all right, go ahead and paint that. Man, I, I could have been four or five years old maybe, and I remember I was like, and I sprayed that, and then it ran all over. And he's like, no, you're doing it all wrong. And I did everything wrong for the next 10 or 15 years. But. Sure. What was your dad like?
0: oh man and, my dad and, and, and we're starting from a point of knowing you yeah so if any type of comparisons like uh from you to him like help us understand who he was my dad
4: my dad was a great race car driver man he was really good and you know his personality is very very quiet kind of guy um i'm much more outgoing than what he was for sure um more of a reserved very focused very very detail oriented guy when it comes especially to his race cars Mayor mm-hmm. so much so and Uh, He was really looked up upon uh, in in the Midwest um, in his heyday. Really good dude when it comes to that standpoint. our relationship really wasn't, you know, the ideal father-son relationship. In which way? Well, I really started working on his cars at a young age and, and being a pretty significant part of the team. And we kind of transitioned that way more, you know, that was our, that was our element. That's where we really worked out well. Um, you know, uh, I bounced around a little bit between my mom and my dad and, and whatnot. So with him, it was like, look, we're going to go work on the race car and that's like our spot. Does that make sense? You know, like that was our comfort zone. And when you kind of got out of there, we were a little awkward, you know, still Ooh. hard to this day, a little awkward when we yeah. get out there, you know?
3: So what was your, um, <laughs> did you, did you drive a little
4: bit? Not much. I wasn't very good. Talk about that. Wasn't very good. I want
3: to know what 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 was your first race?
4: <laughs> first race would have been an enduro at Rockford Speedway. How's that number yeah. number
0: one eighty nine, baby? <laughs> <laughs> number one eighty nine. You got a tattoo somewhere? One eighty nine. Don't lie. <laughs> right on the right cheek. Oh, um, but uh,
4: yeah. So that was my first one. Um, no, no. But well, that was my first official. I subbed. I subbed it in another one. I cr- I remember this. I subbed it in another one, and it went a half lap. I was half lap canals. So what they did <laughs> that was, that <laughs> for a while, that was me. What they did is they uh, they'd run this enduro around Rockford, you know, and you the hoodies, right? You know, street stocks. Yeah. And uh, if it got boring, what they do, they start they turn the hose on. Come, oh, yeah. Coming out of turn two, you gotta get some action for the fans. And I remember I came out of there. I came off turn two. I was like thirteen, man. You know, maybe twelve or something like that. Whoa. Right down back straight away. it was awful. A half lap, half lap. But they man. turned
0: the hose on, so that, that's that's a little unfair. Still, for somebody still, in their still, first race, still it's pretty
4: ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> so that was it. And you know, some other small stuff. I really got into motorcycles, man. That was my big thing. Really? Yeah. What yeah. kind? Like street bikes or dirt bikes? No, like uh, road racing. Oh, that's, that's what I really enjoyed doing. Oh,
3: really? Yeah, yeah. So how? What? What do you mean? Got into that? What was your? So we involvement? used to
4: we used to street race a lot. Like so you
3: were the on the bike. You're riding the bike. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. You're. Yeah. I mean, I know you as a creature chief yeah.
4: mechanic well i i mean i was doing that but i really like racing motorcycles and we would do it on the street around you know
3: illegally well, yeah i mean don't okay. tell anybody I don't know. I mean, this ain't going out I anywhere know is you it you went to an official race or... well i did some of that as well <laughs> really yeah man yeah that was my deal unbelievable That's I yeah, so i had, a you lot had of fun. any pictures of you racing back then Man, I got but you had the leathers and all that oh yeah baby oh you... my god
0: <laughs> can you believe that I don't that's pretty scary. damn scary. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, man. like this is the crazy stuff. Like yeah. the, like the stuff that you're probably <laughs> didn't only you probably I know you were that people do this.
3: <laughs> I didn't know you were that kind I of. I mean, I wasn't that good, but I did all right. I, I, know, mean, I didn't know it. you were that like uh, yeah. the thrill seeker kind man, of. Man, that's what I did.
4: I I'd loved motorcycles, man. loved it. We used to race. Man, I hope this doesn't come back to get me. Do you know what a clover leaf on a highway is? Yeah. yeah. All right. So what we would do is you'd you'd go down the highway and you'd you know, race for two three four five hundred 500 bucks, whatever it is. And you'd be going down the highway, you know, tacking along at about 50 and you get to a line and both guys would go and you'd race up to the cloverleaf and you go around and around and around and around and back to, you guys back to the starting spot and whoever got there first won. that's how we all started. man. How did you day. do
3: that? Was you, how did you do that with like, how did you avoid traffic and so forth? Oh, well, we did most of the time of the night.
4: Right.
0: Okay. There's still traffic at night. Well, Probably mean, not got, that much. You
4: got invaded, you, you know, that's part of the thrill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a no, that's another level of insanity that I didn't think that the, those bike racers could do, but he just did it on I a just Yeah, I've yeah. never
3: seen him do anything like what. I mean, is there anything else that, like thrill seeker? No, I mean... I, that's I, pretty wild. I snowboard, you know, I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Steel. Oh, yeah, love it. So where are you with bikes? You don't no. mess with them anymore? So
4: here's what happened with that. So Ken House, who uh, at the time was director of competition at Hendrick Motorsports, I sat down to... Signed my contract, and uh, and I was like, man, I want to, you know, I'd like to keep racing my motorcycle. I really enjoy it, you know. Like, and he's Wait, like,
3: when you sign your deal for at G- HMS, you're still messing with your
0: bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so funny because we know Ken Howe. <laughs> I, I could see this
4: conversation yeah, coming. He, 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 he's like, uh, I'm like, look, I want to. If you guys don't mind, I want to keep racing my motorcycle when I can. And he's like, absolutely, you know. And he's a he's oh. an enthusiast, man. He loves that, you know, uh, motorcycles and Formula One and NASCAR and all that. And he said, he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, but you need to realize, you get hurt, somebody will do your job. That was the last time I rode. Yeah. That was it. I never rode again. I got maybe 15 miles on a bike after that. That's it. Mm. And I just I put everything into, just like what you were talking about earlier, is uh, the race team, the 48. That's all I focused on for all those years.
3: Well, help me understand when you – how you got from the midwest working on your dad's car and all that to nascar
4: yeah so we we were racing up there quite a lot and um up where up in illinois uh, minnesota wisconsin iowa ohio all those places up there right and man A lot of great racers, man. I just uh, the names just you know are just phenomenal. The folks we used to race against back then, and and I can remember watching on TV. And I was actually at my buddy's house, and we were racing at uh, the short track championships at Rockford Speedway. And I was staying at his house, and um, we were watching an old race. And it was actually we were talking about your dad and uh, Kirk Shelmerdine and those guys. And I was like, man, I I cannot wait to get the opportunity to be crew chief on a Cup car. And he's like, what? I'm like, man, I'm telling you, I'm doing it. And he's like no way. Really? And I said, yeah. And he's like, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help you. And his name was Jimmy Lauder. And he actually loaned me $1,000 to try to get me, get, get me stable so I could get down here. And my aunt and uncle lived in uh, Lumberton, North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is just not too far away from about an hour and a half east. And uh, I called him up and I said, hey, I want to get down to North Carolina to go racing. Um, you know, can I come down and stay with you guys? And they said, yeah. So they came up Um, Shortly after I graduated high school, only a few days, and uh, I packed up everything I had in a a little U-Haul trailer. We put it behind their Ford Taurus wagon and drove it down. It was a motorcycle. Um, (laughs) Of course it was. (laughs) A black and white TV and a basket of clothing. That's really all I had in a little small U-Haul, like an eight-foot-long U-Haul. Like Everything I owned was in that. I lived with them, and I tried to get on uh, with a cup team. And, uh, and how did you go about doing that? Well, so like I had mentioned, we raced with a lot of cool folks. Um, Alan Quickie, Mark Martin, um, Rusty Wallace, a lot of those guys. And Mark was fantastic through this period of my life because I was doing, I, I just needed people. Like I didn't know who to talk to. Um, I knew some guys that worked, at, owned a, uh, a trucking company. I, I can't remember, Barrett's or Barnett's or somebody like that at that point. I knew that guy, so I was trying to use him to get some influence on a race team. But I would call Mark weekly. After, on a Monday, be like, hey, you know, anything open over there yet? You know, you got any opportunities? Um, So we were chatting, and he was passing me along to different folks. Um, Alan Kawicki, at that point, I actually um, had an opportunity to go to work with him. And uh, it was great. It was going awesome. I was like, man, this is a shot with Alan. But what happened was he lost Xerox that same year. So when
3: you – wait a minute. So when you go over to work at at Alan's –
4: Well, but I didn't.
3: You said you – you never no, made I it.
4: Too. Never made it. He lost a sponsor, and he called me up. And he was like, "Look, I don't know if I'm going to have a deal next year, so I got I don't have anything for you." So, so that was pretty painful. So I lost that shot, and uh, went on and on and on, and I kept on sending. <laughs> this one's funny. So Larry was at King Racing, uh, Larry McReynolds. Um, I had sent him a letter and a resume and all that. Uh, wrote me back, which I still have the letter. Said, mm-hmm. uh, "Sorry, sorry, young man, you don't you're not qualified to." Come to work for us. Did the same thing with Hammond. He was at Sabco. And he said, no, no, we don't need you. You're not, not qualified enough. And I got both those letters still. But at least they replied. They did. They were the only two that really replied. What yeah. were
3: you wanting to do? Man, Any, I, just, I mean, probably anything. anything but, anything. like, you had to have, like, a expertise. You had to have, like, this is where I'd love to get. I'd love to work on this piece, this no, part. No, Nothing. not back then, man. Back
4: then, it was you did it all, right? You did it all. You did everything. You 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 did body work. You painted. You mechanicked, You changed tires. You, you welded. You... Drove, drove the transporter to and from. You know, you did it all, and that's true. and that's that's what I did, and that's how I learned with my dad and my father and I. We were very fortunate. We won a bunch of championships up north and a bunch of races, and he taught me the uh, regiment see you needed to to run in a weekly series and be competitive year in and year out. And and so I did a lot of stuff. Um, but ultimately, what ended up happening, Dale, is uh, uh, the company I was working for in in Lumberton, they they gave me a choice. They said, look. Um, where you're at right now. And I worked in the factory, man. We were building corrugated pipe, uh, advanced drainage system. You know that black corrugated pipe with the green stripe? Like, I worked in the factory building this pipe, loading trucks, just, I mean, hard, hard work. Like, these guys worked their butts off, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so um, they said, look, we'll give you an opportunity. You can go to Ohio and be an engineer, or you can go to Georgia and learn how to be a plant manager, and we'll, we'll take you through the system, and, man, you can be a plant manager by the time you're 20, 23 years old. And for a guy from Rockford who doesn't have a lot of money, never had a lot of money, being a plant manager sounded like a pretty cool deal. But I'm like, I just don't know if I want to do that. So I took the engineering role and moved up to Ohio, Cleveland, oh. and I did that for about six months. And I wasn't an engineer. I was self-taught. But what, what, I, benefit, what I gave those guys was I, I had a mechanical mind, but I had the hands where I could build things. So I could take them from concept to paper to prototype and then hand it off to production, which was kind of a neat thing. So that worked for a while. And I was there for about six, eight months. And look, I'll be honest, man, they kept on. The engineering department was growing and growing and growing. And all these folks that were coming in, they didn't draw like I did. I mean, I drew with a pencil and a piece of paper. And they were all drawing on computers. And I was like, this isn't going to be good for me. And honestly, I didn't really like, like it. So I moved back to Illinois.
0: Um, and and do, do you think your race your, your career pursuit of racing in NASCAR is over at this point? Or no, are you just saying, this is just a pit stop, I'm going to get back?
4: I, I, I was thinking at that point when I took that job that, man, maybe maybe the racing thing isn't what I want. But I knew I didn't mm. want to work in a factory. I didn't want to go back to Illinois and work in, a, you know, Bowman Bolts or Rockford Screw Products. So or, you're going you know,
0: through a process of elimination, Yeah, yeah trying to figure less. out what I'm going to
4: do. Yeah. So I went back to the Midwest, and I was working with my dad uh, and some other race teams up there. Things were going pretty good. And then I got a call from um, Butch Hilton, who I'm sure you guys know him. He's crew chief in the truck series and did some Xfinity stuff, some Cup stuff. He was working with Stanley Smith. And uh, so Butch Hilton was there. Joe Shearer Jr. was there. And I knew both of those guys from racing in the Midwest. And uh, I got the opportunity to go down there. And what an amazing two years of my life at this point. Yeah. It was Man, you just I mean, we raced, we raced everything, right? Everything a Cup, uh, what was then Bush Grand National, sportsmen, late models. We did it all, man. there's like six of us. but the crew that we had is what's amazing. Um, I mentioned Butch and, and Joe. We had Philippe Lopez. yeah. Mm-hmm. We had Ronnie Crooks. We had Todd Foster. Um, man I know there's another one that I'm, I'm I'm forgetting right now. but we had like everybody that was on that team. Ended up coming to Charlotte and being pretty prominent people in the series, which yeah. is really cool. And that was that was how I got
3: down here full time. Wow. So so you're working with them. Um, what was the team after that? What, what was your move from?
4: So <laughs> so I went to the 24 car right after Stanley Smiths. Really? Yeah.
3: Was that after Stanley's accident? Or so no,
4: that was actually the before? last. the last car that I built for Stanley it was the one that he crashed at Talladega. Yeah. <sighs> um, which was awful. Awful. Yeah so we were we went to atlanta in 92 and uh that was a big deal that was gordon's first race the king's last race yeah. um and the 24 was actually parked right next to us i'm with the 49 car stanley and man these guys show up and they got this hot shot kid driver and all their equipment's brand new and you know their their toolbox is brand new and all these guys are high and tight and man, I'm a, I'm a grease ball racer doing whatever I can to get, you know, the 49 car to make the race, right? And I was like, man, one day I'd love to work on that team, right? What a cool deal to work at Hendrick Motorsports. And we went through the winter and started racing again, and Stanley started to run out of money. So, man, one day at lunch, I went home at lunch, and I was living in a, a single-wide trailer on Stanley Smith's property. <laughs> this is where I live, man. Yeah. It was the, where I did the body work on our race cars, uh, hung the body, did the body work, was in my garage at the single-wide trailer, wow. right? And, and we use for the heat was a propane heater. You mm-hmm. know the sure little turbo oh, heater yeah. guy. I can tell you how many times I would roll out of there sick from body filler dust and the kerosene fumes and all of yeah. that. It was it's a wonder I didn't die. But nonetheless, um, I went home for lunch one day. And I just I'm going to call. I'm just going to call. So I called Hendrick Motorsports, and uh, they pick up and this lady, nice lady says Hendrick Motorsports. I said, yeah, may I speak to Ray Everham? And she said, hold, please. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like there ain't no way this is going to happen, right? And um, next thing I hear is, this is Ray. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I said, hey, Mr. Everham, my name is Chad Canals. I work with Stanley Smith. Um, I'd love an opportunity to talk to you about coming to work on the 24 team. And he's, and I don't know how many folks really know Ray that well, but he went through a lot of employees and teammates at that time. And he said, well, it just so happens I fired a guy today. When can you be here? No kidding. (laughs) Swear to God. True story. So I was like, "Uh," I said, tomorrow? And he said, all right, I'll see you at 730. It's noon in Talladega. We were living in Chelsea, Alabama. It's noon there. And I'm thinking, all right, how am I going to get to Charlotte for 730 a.m. now? And I'm working for Stanley. <laughs> yeah. Um, we only have my girlfriend's car. She's in college. And I got to some, I mean, we didn't have cell phones, right? I got to somehow get a hold of her, get her back home so I can get the car. And then I got to figure out what I'm going to tell Stanley that I'm not going to be at work. And so I went and and I, I feel really bad about this. And I love my grandmother to pieces and love her to death. Oh, um, <laughs> and I, I walked back into work and I said, I said uh, Stanley, I said, look, man, I got I to go back to Wisconsin. My grandmother's not feeling very well. And he's like, oh, my gosh, go. And he said, are you flying? I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to drive. And he's like, man, that's a long time. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. So I, I got a hold of my girlfriend. She was actually working in a donut shop at the time. Um, Higgett left school, went to the donut shop. I called her, and uh, she came home. And I took the car, and I drove, got there at uh, about midnight, maybe 1 o'clock in the morning, slept in the parking lot of Hendrick Motorsports. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and... <laughs> wow. So, And, and I remember, um, you know, I'm to sleep a bit, right? I'm in the front seat of a Ford Probe, right? Probably looking
0: like you just, you know, like a piece of
4: man, laundry. Man, it was awful. <laughs> just right? out of the, Just yeah. awful. And I can remember the sun coming up the next day, and I'm watching all these guys pull into Hendrick Motorsports. And I'm like, man. And I'm like, watching my watch, I'm watching my watch, and like 725. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I grabbed a shirt that I had thrown in the back and made sure I didn't wrinkle up that shirt, right? I put it on, and I had a, a cup that from a fountain drink in the, the cup holder, and I took the water from it, <laughs> put that through my hair and tried to look reasonable, brushed my teeth a little bit, and I walked in, and uh, I got to meet Ray. And uh, I sat, sat in with him, man, and it was a great conversation. You know, he asked me what I could do, and, and Dale, I told him, I was like, man, I, I can do a lot. I don't know that I'm great at anything, but I I can do a lot. And, you know, kind of went through my background and my history and back and forth. And he said, well, he said, he said, look, I like you. You know, he said, I, I like where you've been. I like your background. I like your, your, I can see your intensity. He says, where where do you want to be in five years? And, and I just looked at him. I said, in five years, I want your job. Ooh. And, ooh. and ooh.
0: People ooh. don't usually like that very much. And
4: straight away, he said, you're hired. <laughs> and that was it. And, uh, now, I was pretty far away from his job when I walked in the door, let me tell you that. Yeah. Uh, when I started, I was a body shop assistant, so I worked in the back, back room in the body shop, sweeping the floors and painting and taping up cars. couple I'm things
0: amazing. here. One, they've beefed up the security at Hendry Motorsports <laughs> a lot since then. You can't just call and get the crew chief, nor can you sit and sleep in the parking lot either, can you? Two no, things sir. that we can be no. sure they do not let no. you do anymore. <laughs> that's true. That's true.
3: Wow. That's really imp- – uh, yeah, it's such a great story, but it's even more – unique now because of your promotion yeah you know, and, and mm. going into the man, a manager role which everybody probably assumed was going to happen i doubt you had any assumptions but well, you know yeah. everybody just assumes like if your success there and your your ability to sort of put people the right people in the right places that's kind of what mm-hmm. the guy at the top needs to be doing and what he needs to be good at but um to be able to basically stand in a in, in a prominent ma- manager role at Hendrick, and tell anyone that walks in there, look, this is the commitment that I made. Yeah, this is what I did to to get the first opportunity here. Do yeah. you have that? Yeah. Right? Do Do you have that? Because um, a lot of guys will ask you to work hard. But when they tell you what their story is, and
0: yeah. golly. <laughs> that guy don't know how to work hard, right. Who's he at? Yeah. Who's he telling? No, he don't he have telling to do that. me, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Well, I, <laughs> people come from different backgrounds, and look, mine was—you know—my path was unique. It really was. Uh, you know, when I first moved to Chelsea to work with Stanley Smith, I was—I slept on Butch Hilton's sofa. Like he had a two—like so many people helped me get to where I'm at, man. And it—it's it, the honest to truth. Like yeah. I literally, so Butch had a two-bedroom apartment. It says he and his wife and his two kids um, in the two bedrooms, and me sleeping on his sofa. And he drove me back and forth to work every single day, you know. And, and we worked, you know, sun up to sundown, mm. man. And and we piled in a dually with a trailer. We, we we drove a race car from Chelsea, Alabama, to Phoenix, Arizona, in a with a dually pickup truck and an open trailer to go race. Yeah. Right. And. But I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like there's just been so many folks that have helped me get there that it you know yeah I worked really hard but man there's so many opportunities that came up.
3: So you worked at the 24 car for how long? Because you didn't stay there.
4: No, I didn't. Uh, started in uh, middle of '93, left at the end of '97. Right Why? after. Why? Well, your father, uh, your father, he uh, Felipe Lopez, whom I worked with at Stanley Smiths. Um, he approached me when he was going to be crew chief at your dad's place um, for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. So this was middle of '97. Uh, we were going and battling for the championship with a 24 car, and Philippe and your father uh, courted me and asked me if I would come to this this new position, which was a car chief. Like there, 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 was, even, no
3: chiefs there was no car chief. There was no
4: car chief then. There was like a the head mechanic, you know, and the crew chief. That was kind of it. And uh, they wanted me to come and and help, you know. Build the team and the cars and and get the shops, you know, set up and run. I mean, it was just an open building, really, at that point, coming together, right? But what were you, by the time you were
0: getting hired to go to DEI, what were you for the 2014? Sure, yeah.
4: Uh, So I started changing tires in 94. Okay. Um, Got out of the body shop. Yeah,
3: 94, It's a long time ago, bro. Yeah, I was just laughing, <laughs> thinking about you changing tires. I was, I was actually. <laughs> I mean, as good as the guys are now and as hard as he is on, as a crew chief on the pit guys and uh just seeing him, trying to imagine him running around here. Could you do it? Like, have, I mean, have you, you could? When's the last time you've changed tires at the pit stop practice in front of the guys? Oh,
4: years, man! It's right. been years. Did you
3: bust one out tomorrow? Like, well, this uh, is uh, like show up just with your knee pads on and just be like, this, "Hey, I'm gonna get in on one of these. I'm gonna get in one of these. Just I'm gonna do to prove one of these. Point. I'm gonna get on this third four tire stop. Yeah, take a break. I give it a go. I give it
4: a go. That's why I tell my guys now. I said, look, I can get down there and change that tire. <laughs> I just don't know if I can get up. Yeah. <laughs> But I started changing tires in '94. Um, got out of the body shop. I came into the fabrication department, uh, which was was great, and and learned about bodies and wind tunneling and aerodynamics and and all of that. And and really took kind of a leadership role in that area for Ray for a while. And then uh, started helping with setting the cars up and fabricating and and doing a just.
0: So a you're climbing.
4: I mean, you're climbing through, as far as responsibilities. Yeah. You know, I was very fortunate. Um, I worked really hard. I had great, again, I had great folks that helped me. You know, Brian Weitzel, Guzzo, Ray. They gave me opportunities. I, sh- I should say this. I tried to put myself in a position to when an opportunity became available that I was the right guy for this, the job. Mm-hmm. Right. And I worked really
0: hard at that. So. So
4: yeah, so that's that's kind of the stuff
0: I was doing. Okay, then. so now so so you've established a reputation. Now you are getting invited to come work at DEI. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was pretty cool.
4: Like I I remember as I was going back and back and forth on this, Lopez is on me about doing it and blah blah blah, and and your father had me come up to the, his place up there, and I remember we got in a pickup truck and he's driving me around and I mean talk about. Being intimidated. Like, it's it's legit with your old man. <laughs> I mean, it's legit. Like, like, this is Dale Earnhardt, right? You know, I'm riding his pickup truck around his property, and we go to that pond, right? There's an old wooden dock. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on out here. I want to show you something. And I'm like, all right. And, you And know, he'd already shown me where all the buildings were and all that stuff, right? We just, we're just we just talking at this point. And we walk out there, and he, got, he goes out, and he starts jumping up and down in his cowboy boots on this dock. And, like, you can see the water starting to move. And I'm like, what in the world is this? And then he goes over, and he gets this big container, and he gets a scooper in this drum and just flings it out in the water. And you would have thought that it was piranha yeah. in that water, man. <laughs> piranha. Am I right? Like, yes. It, it was boiling. They just
0: come jumping out of the water all of a sudden, or what? The
3: the So dad would feed these catfish. He uh-huh. had this pond stocked with catfish, thousands of them. Yeah. Man, I, Half albino. Craziest thing you've right? ever seen. So there's dark blue or whatever, green, gray. But he had albino. Remember, right? Remember yes, right? yes. So he would take this... Big shovel of dog food and sling it and, spur- and evenly perfectly like <laughs> It was like a sprinkler. Yes. And <laughs> the surface of dog of- food. A dog the- food oh. sprinkler. Yeah. The surface. For fish. The surface of the water just started just going just like a like exactly like a hot tub when you turn on yeah. blowers. That's exactly what it looked like all the way across the lake. And that was the catfish getting yeah. that just after dog food. it. Yeah, getting
4: after it. After it. it. After it craziest thing i ever saw he loved craziest thing oh he he, loves showing that to
3: people did he (laughs) okay so i wasn't the first no no, i thought it was special Uh, well you were (laughs) i mean if you got to see it he thought a lot of you but he loved that he loved
0: that visual albino catfish is something part of the dale earnhardt legacy that i think needs to be more prominent Like, why do we not get to hear about that? This is the first I'm hearing about. A man cactus. in black with what his albino What right.
3: the show does? The wow! Show, the show brings that stuff out.
0: So as soon as you saw the lake basically come up and, and, and become alive, that's when you knew this is where I need to work. I said I'm, well, I'm going well. to work for
4: this guy. He can control the fish, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, so yeah. So I, I, I shortly thereafters I went into um, work and I told Ray, I said, look, I've got this opportunity at Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. They want me to come up and, and be in this car chief role. Um, I think it's,
3: did he go car chief? What the hell? Is basically. Right. He said,
4: "What is <laughs> that Made you? up a role? <laughs> they just, they, <laughs> they just, they sold made that, that up right. just to get you out of He's here. He's going to be a the car chief. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the thing that was, the reason was, I just explained to him, I said, look, I want to be a crew chief by the time I'm 30. I really, I want to be a crew chief by the time I'm 30. And the depth at Hendrick Motorsports is just too high. There's too many folks here. There's too many great folks here that I'm not going to get to that point. And he said, look, I get it. I got it. And Ray was super cool about it. Super cool. Because he could have immediately at that point kicked me out and said, all right, man, we're going to move on without you. There was still probably 12 races to go in the season. Mm. And we made a commitment that, look, we're going to go down and we're going to finish this thing. We're going to win this championship. And then we're going to shake hands and part ways. Mm. And we did. We were very fortunate. We got to get out and and win our second championship with the 24 car. Um, You know, the... the thing was probably the coolest for me, obviously, other than Ray's, uh, willingness to keep me on board. There was, was Mr. Hendrick and within a, a couple of weeks of the end of the season, uh, Mr. H comes in and he's having a, a chat with Ray and, uh, they walked back out of the shop and Ray's walking Rick out and they walked past me and Ray grabbed me and he said, Hey, Rick, just so you know, Chad's leaving us at the end of the year. And Ray said, uh, Rick said, yeah, yeah. I heard that Rick grabs me and says, why don't you come outside and chat with me for a minute? So we walked outside and, um. Uh, Mr. Hendrick and Ray gave me a loan to get my first townhouse right back in the day, you know, gave me, you know, not a lot of money, but enough money, right? Enough that I had to want to pay him back or I was going to pay him back. And as Mr. Hendrick and I were talking, I said, look, I want you to know that I'm going to continue to pay you, pay you back what it is that I owe you and I should have it paid up by the end of the year. You know, I don't want you to think I'm going to skip out or I'm not going to be good on my, on my debt. And he looked at me and he said, Chad, I'll tell you what he said, if you promise me that if you go out there and you prove your worth as being a crew chief and I have a position for you in the future and I offer you a job that you'll come back to work for me, you don't need to worry about that loan. And I said, deal. And I shook his hand. And
0: he, That's a Rick Hendrick move right there. i telling you, man, that guy's smooth. That guy's smooth. Yeah. He was already planning your next move yeah. for you. Man, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I was pretty pretty lucky on that one, man.
3: So you go and uh, I remember seeing you walking around in the shop. Oh, is uh, that right? Yeah. Uh, work. I was uh, driving the Xfinity car.
0: Oh, and man. uh oh 98. Steve,
3: yeah, so Steve <laughs> and yep. Phil, Philippe uh was a crew chief on the one car and I remember seeing you at the shop um so how long were you there? It's very brief.
4: No, yeah, not as long as what what we had any of us had hoped, honestly. Um through the winter uh up into Daytona. I don't know if you know this, but the shop wasn't built yet. So we built our super speedway cars. We started them in the deer head shop mm-hmm. and then we moved down to the chicken farm. Chicken farm. I knew that's where you were going <laughs> Yeah. This. So but, I didn't know that,
0: but that's what that, that's the obvious next place. Yeah. The chicken houses. <laughs> yeah. The, down there.
4: And that's the foulest smelling oh, yeah. area I've ever been in my life. God, that was disgusting. That, that was is so hilarious. awful. But yeah, um, only through, um, only through Darlington and it, and it just didn't, it just didn't fit, man. Um, I was pretty high strung back then. I really was, and and you know, it just it was it was just different for me, right? I and I wasn't in the right spot, wasn't in the right place mentally. I wish I could have made it work or had a different outcome, but it just wasn't right for me. Where'd you go, man? So at that point, I was freelancing, oh, changing tires, <laughs> gun for hire. At that point, um, was doing some fabrication stuff on the side, um, just just trying to find my find my way. And we had Daryl Waltrip had subbed for. Um, Steve, when Steve got hurt in Atlanta, we had some really good races with Daryl. Yeah, that's right. He actually did well, <laughs> did really well, really well. A couple top fives, yeah. And well, for Dale at that point, or for for Daryl at that point, that was pretty good. That was. And uh, so he was working with Tyler Jet at the point in time, and he asked me to come over there and help and work with those guys. So I went to Tyler Jet and I was hanging out over there, and then we ended up with Rich Bickle um driving that and David Green drove um the 1010345 car. Yep. yep. And we took that car to I remember we went to Homestead. We sat on the pole at Homestead. Um James Ince was the crew chief, Jay Guy and I were were primary caregivers of the car at that point. And then um Evernham left in 99 from to 24 to start the Dodge development program. And Ray called me up and asked me if I would be the lead on that and the crew chief of the Dodge test team and the development program for Evernham Motorsports at that point in Dodge. So you did that? I did. I did, yeah.
3: How did you end up on the 9 car?
4: So, well, the 9. Was a Dodge. Well, right. But so Ray bought Bill Elliott Racing, right? So we were doing the Dodge, and Ray bought Bill's deal. So we were starting to work with them on their Super Speedway program and a couple of cars, and Eddie DeHunt was over there at that point in time uh Mike Ford and uh we were going through just kind of collaborating so I worked with those guys a little bit but I was never on the I was never on the nine what I was on was the 92 92 yes yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. right so when how we did do- you get
3: to that car well
4: <laughs> so doing the Dodge team uh was crew chief for Casey Atwood for a couple of races.
3: You did, yeah. It was like a third car or second car for it, him. It, yeah, there.
4: It, it was the Everingham Motorsports mm-hmm. car, kind of Elliot under Elliot help. You know, with some people.
3: Is that your first crew chief?
4: That was my first crew chief job.
3: What was your feeling, like you, you had? Uh, I know you're probably not sitting there going, "I made it." No, you know, you're pro- <laughs> But but I mean, you're finally getting to yeah. make these decisions and do this. You're doing this yeah. job, right? I mean, is there? This is it like as exhilarating and as fun as you had ever dreamed it would be. That
4: job wasn't because all I wanted was uh, for Everingham to leave me alone and let me do my job. He, <laughs> he was still trying to be crew chief at yeah. that point, instead so of just being the car owner, right? Yeah. So that that was a tough one because you know everything he did was wrong, and you know, it was like having my dad again. And really? Yeah, man, it was tough. So yeah. I love Ray. Don't get me wrong. No, 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 sure. All I'm saying is of that when we're, we're at the race he's like, "Why are you taking these tires? Why are you putting those springs in? Why are you doing that?" I'm like. You know, he wants to run this spring package. They ran the 24. I'm like, dude, that's old school. We don't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. So um, he's, like, he's like, I'm only two years removed. I'm like, yeah, you're behind, bro. But um, <laughs> so, so that, no, no, it was great. It was fun. It was awesome. Um, and, and we did all that stuff with testing. And Stacy Compton was driving for Melling. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he did some testing with them. And Dodge was going to Melling. And uh they needed a crew chief and they, they asked me if I would go to the ninety two car. And I was like, Yeah, man, let's let's give it a go. That's my opportunity. Let's go to full time cup racing with the ninety two car and Melling Racing, which is, you know, iconic as we know. So I wanted
3: to go give it a go. So how many years were you there? One. One year.
4: One year. Are you um,
0: still high strung?
4: I am not near what I used to be now. At that, At that time, point. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. We're talking about it. Now you're a crew chief because I'm still kind of hung up on that. I was too high strung at DEI. I don't yeah. know what that actually means, but I know that it, it sounds like that maybe let's call it chemistry. Yeah. Let's call it, you know, what, you know, I see an eye to eye. And you yeah. seem, forgive me if I say very opinionated and direct in your way is, is how it's going to be. Maybe yeah. even you don't have to have the title as crew chief for you to know rub- a right rub- way
4: and a wrong way. Yeah. I rub people the wrong way a lot because, A lot because that's the way that I felt things should be done a certain way, no matter what position I was in. And other folks maybe just didn't see it that way.
0: So I guess my point is, is if if that's how it was at DEI, did you try to adapt or, or did you try to change your ways or were you just trying to land into situations that would finally give you the freedom to do it your way? More of what you're saying. Yeah, that's why working with Ray,
4: I think, helps because Ray is very direct, much like myself and a direct person. All you want to be is communicated to directly. Right. And then there's really no, there's no blurred lines. Like, you know, what's happening. And that's why Ray and I worked so well together. Now, trust me, we fought. Like we, we, we bickered and fought all the time. That's what direct people do. Yeah. But we, man, we had some success. Right. And, uh, being with Ray was a comfort zone for me because I knew his mentality was very much like mine. And that's why going to work with him again was, was a good, a good deal.
0: This was before the MBS surveys by the way. Uh, How so, do you know about MBS? Because you uh-huh. let we me tell you it, something yeah. Chad. Yeah, and, we have and, it here.
3: And, and, <laughs> what's that? Uh-huh. We're sort of as a satellite sort of Hendrick organization Hendrick satellite. Chad,
0: I want to tell you and this is all part of the story. I don't want this to be a divergent because this is fascinating, I but, it, but yeah. I want you guys let to let know me show you people listening. Real quickly, Chad, they're in this world is this program called management by Strengths, MBS. And what it basically is, I'm going to try to minimize it to you know, to a very simple explanation. It you take a survey and it's a personality. No, no, I'm getting to this point. Chad is showing to give us a picture. Him hell because look at his
3: line. No, no, I've
0: seen so it basically He's breaks red. you down into four categories yeah. one is direct, which is a red, yep. and then there's like a green, which is an extrovert, yep. and yellow is structured, and blue is paste, I believe. Yep. And so we were introduced as a company to this program. And I say all that to say this Chad Ganaus is an example that they use in the presentation. <laughs> To all the 150 employees, they go, you know, this is what you could be and nothing's wrong. This is management by strength. This is showing your strengths. Now, that being said, let's show you what Chad Gnauss is. (laughs) And they throw up this flaming red. I'm talking the paper's on fire. It's so red. There is not a shade that the hue in itself was unprecedented. And then the line, usually people can be a combination of a couple colors. Like, I'm green, but I got a good bit of yellow in me this fella is red, his second color's red, his third and fourth color's red, and that line did something that I didn't even think lines do, which is all to say that there's no more direct personality than Chad Gnauss, and it was proven in that, and in, in so much so that they use that as an example. Now, knowing that, yeah. that you are one of a kind, this is what, you're taking to Stacy Compton's team because you are what you are your whole life. Right. I mean, this has had to be what you are. Um, and now we know who you are as a person. Now, how did that work out? It worked pretty well. Uh, I,
4: you know, for my first time, um, we went to, we went to Daytona and, uh, with the Dodge for the first time we unloaded down there as a, as a manufacturer and we qualified on the front row. Um, we were beat. We, we were, we qualified second and Elliot qualified first in the nine, which really just torqued my <laughs> torqued me up race big time. Car. Yeah, race car beat me. <laughs> that pissed me off, man. I was so mad. <laughs> but then we went to Talladega, and we qualified on the pole at both Talladega races. Uh, qualified third at the second Daytona race. Uh, we qualified up front at a lot of race tracks. We didn't race exceptionally well. We had some good races, not a lot, but we. I well, felt I felt like that the qualifying and the the super speedway stuff is things I could control maybe a little bit more. So I really focused on that. And I
3: think that's what what helped me get noticed. What were some of things holding y'all back?
4: Ah, uh, money, man. We yeah. didn't have any money, you know. Mark Melling, I love him to pieces. Still see him occasionally. Um, he, he he was just taking over his deal for his dad, and you know the the racing thing was getting more and more expensive, and. You know, pumps up there, and all the stuff that they had going on. I mean, that's just a big taxing thing. Yeah, you know, they just didn't have that kind of money.
3: So, if you take that test now, are you still that same red, same line? You Inter- can't be. It's a good it, question. It's
4: interesting that you that Mike brings this up. So, um, we first took that test in 1996, and um, the guy comes around. He's talking to us about the the structure of the lines and what they mean, and he's going around the table and he's talking about all these folks. And we're like, "Yeah, man, he he nailed him." And that's all the that guy does is talk. He's definitely. You know, an extrovert, man, this guy definitely he's structured all he's got is paperwork all the time, making sure he's got all this stuff, you know, he's going through it. And he gets to me and he sees my little line on my (laughs) my tent and he's like, now, Chad, for instance, look at him. Like, he's a guy that likes to spend a nice day out on the lake fishing and everybody there (laughs) is like wrong, wrong, (laughs) wrong. And he said, "Ah, ah, ah, let me finish. Nice day on the lake fishing in a speedboat with a hand grenade. And they're like, "Yep, that's him. And that's, that's <laughs> the absolute truth. And so when I went back in 2002, when I went uh, back to HMS, I took the test again because I was curious. I mean, we're talking, you know, six years later, a bunch of life experience changes, and it came back identical, mm. identical. Wow. And it's amazing. Like, if you are true, if you are true with it, yeah, if you it, tell, take it comes the back test the same. Honestly. But now you can adjust, right? You know, I've, sure. I've learned to temper my, my mannerism some and... um.
0: Well, you're a parent now,
4: I am, man I mean like if
0: there's any if there's any explanation it may in retaking a test and, and it be different, it's going through the experience of having kids yeah. right
4: well I, yeah maybe i I still think I'm the same because i i have to, I manage my emotions now how
0: well, how would you do that?
4: So I've got this amazing boss, um his name is Rick Hendrick, and but he's he, always been your boss yeah, he has, and he has been such a great coach for me. Yeah. Um, he's, he's taught me how to manage my emotions in different situations, when to and when not to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, he's, he's helped me understand where, where I've, I've, I've lacked in, in some leadership skills, and, and I've worked really hard on that. So I've just it's, it's a, a project of mine to try to make sure that I'm doing the things right. Can you admit
3: where you might have lacked in leadership skills?
4: <laughs> Besides my speedboat? Well, and I wouldn't even know
3: what that would be. Uh, but I, a guy like you that's like, you know, going back to being one of the best, you're. I think you're the best crew chief. I mean, there's a couple guys in that conversation. But what were you lacking?
4: My communication lacked. My uh, my willingness to.
3: A lot of people though would think that that also was a like part of your success.
4: It it is, but you have to use it at the right time. Yeah, and you know. Um, needing to, I didn't, how do I say this? So when I started, I was doing everything. I was building shocks. I was, you know, making sure the body was right, making sure the setup was 100% correct, running the simulation. I mean, man, it was just all of it. And I just told everybody what to do. You do this, you do this, you do this. And man, I'm not that smart. I came to realize pretty damn quick, right? Um, I had to have a lot of smart folks around me. And once I started to see that and Mr. Hendricks showed me how to work with those folks better and give people some rope and guidance as opposed to telling them what to do and allowing them to um, be a bigger part of the team, that's when we really started to mm. be successful. And it, it took a little bit to get there because I was having a lot of success working kind of solo and as, as giving the direction as opposed to letting people bring direction to me and then making yeah. the decision.
3: I got to be in that shop just for a little while, which was so fun. Um, to be able to get like a real close up front view of what you know, oh, perf- man, you know success looks like what perfection looks like, and all up until I got that chance to go into that shop and work next to you i 'd heard how like man he 's hard to he 's hard hard to work with yeah he 's hard to work with mm-hmm. um no denying that success, and uh if you want to win that 's where you want to go in this company. Uh, that team's going to win, um, but man, he's he's hard. He's cantankerous. He's he's not personable. He's not your buddy. Yeah. And when I got to go into that building, n- I never saw any of those guys complaining. Yeah. Right. And all those, I would look over there, and go, man. I hear he's hard to work with. And I, yeah. I mean, he's not personable. And he's nobody's friend. He's nobody's buddy. He's not here. <laughs> Ha, you know, back slap <laughs> and That's right. but looking at all his guys are all these little minions are going two, two, three, two, <laughs> all over the shop doing their jobs <laughs> perfection cars are perfect pieces are ready cars are ready
0: everything's so shiny <laughs> and i'm like where, where is this guy right <laughs> like, i'll go one i'll go one better i remember the first time we were in that shop and you and i went over there for a <laughs> meeting and it was in the upstairs like is that kind of like a break room area and I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be our first meeting with the Chad Canals. You oh, know, yeah, the, the, the big <laughs> they all said he is. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk to my ex. Part, <laughs> 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 no, no, no. So so but then we go up there and it's like, um, I think that you guys were preparing for this annual soapbox derby contest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like y'all, you know, yeah. you handed out the blocks of wood or something, and everybody's laughing. <laughs> and they're <laughs> cheerful. And it's like I look over there and there's a... Malik over there going, (laughs) we're going to win. And and everybody, and I'm like, this is not what I thought this was going to be. I thought they were going to be scared and everything. Chad's going to rain down the thunder in the soapbox. Even if we're going to do a soapbox, by God, it's going to be done my way. (laughs) And he's like, you know, y'all have this much time to work on it. Good luck. It's going to be fun. I'm going to look forward to this. And I was like, what is this? This is is happy time. What is happy time here? I I didn't know know they had this. (laughs) Man, we worked hard.
4: We worked hard. And look, I'm a big team guy. Like, I love it. Like, that soapbox derby stuff. And this, this, you know, the COVID experience is really crushing me right now because I, I like getting my guys and my team and my group. And um, I, I, I love it. And, and look, let's be honest, man, there's people that don't buy into that type of structure sure. and people that don't buy into that type of a discipline. Um, and those are the ones that paint the picture. Because those are the ones that squeak the most, right? So the people that left or didn't like working for me, that either left on their own accord or we had to to get rid of, they're the ones that, that complained about the way that I, I conduct a business and called me a <laughs> right. I mean that's just the truth, right? But the folks that buy into it and and enjoy it and like the the direction and the aggressive style of racing and you know making sure everything's right and. Man, they, they loved it and lived it. And we had a great time. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. But, it, that,
0: but your team is going to be easy. You get to basically pick and choose who's going to be on your team. Either going to work or they're not going to work. E- you know, and, yeah. and they're gone. What about, though, other crew chiefs? What about <clears throat> other management and all that stuff? I mean, because that's the part where, to me, yeah. would be the biggest challenge in trying to you know, fit in or, or really work to where you're still successful. Yeah.
4: That's that's the that's what I've been working on for years, keeping the cohesion and getting that better and better. And you know, yeah.
0: What was he like in those those meetings?
3: Um, (laughs) nice. No, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bad. No, I mean, look, I mean, there was not a lot of, um, you know, there was not any like animosity or it was a little competitiveness. Um, Mm -hmm. a good healthy competitiveness. I think all the teams kind of drove each other, but there was real good communication like from crew chief to crew chief engineer to engineer
4: um, yeah it's way better now yeah it's it's amazing is it even better oh my gosh yeah. it's it's nuts right now the the, the way that the that Hendrick Motorsports is working right now I, I'm so happy that I'm coming in to take on this position at this time because we are just blossoming into what I think we're going to be in the next decade and you know it, it was it was different than we you know I remember when you came in, I was like, man, I, I, I just I don't know what's going to happen, right? I didn't know you that well, yeah. right? You know, we just crossed paths a few times and whatnot. And, you know, you were always kind of with your, your crew and your guys, you know, the Yuris and, and your group and you and, and, and all those guys over there. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going to happen when he comes over here because it's a little different. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And Huge, huge change. Wait, are you huge. talking about when he went to Hendrick Motorsports or when he went to the shop? When he went into our shop. When, when, when he, they made the switch in the shop. Right, shops. when he came gotcha. over
4: with with Latart and, and okay. our shop and – I was like, I just don't know what's going to happen. And, man, I'll tell you what, I enjoyed it from the word go. Like, completely different person than what I thought when you showed up. Like, you're, you, you joke and you laugh and you have a
0: good time. Well, what did you think he was?
4: I didn't know. I'd never never experienced it.
0: <laughs> well, you must have assumed something if you were surprised. Well, you? No, I, I just didn't. He Focus. I'd ne- I'll I'd help ne-
4: you. I never saw his, his wit. Right. Like it, it, the way he's just like, I mean, you're, you're pretty snappy, man. Like, it's pretty cool. Right. You know, when you're sitting yeah. in the environment, I mean, he's pretty damn quick. And <laughs> we, we, I remember we had an event at your, um, at your, your cowboy town. Mm-hmm. And that's West the first town. time you and I really <laughs> sat down and we sat on, sat on your porch there having a beer one night and all the guys were there and, and you're sitting, you are sitting at rockers and we just started chatting up and I'm like, this dude's pretty cool. Like, he's a cool dude. And, and from that point on, I just got mad respect for you. Oh, I was thanks. like, man, he's legit.
0: Could y'all have worked together? No, no way. I don't think so. Could y'all have been I, the uh, next driver crew chief yeah. combo uh, that's going to? I, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm. I mean, maybe now, but but I'm not as good a crew chief now as what I was then. So. <laughs> oh, so you're pinning that on you though? What would yeah, you, what, no, it'd be me. You're, it wouldn't be him.
0: You said it wouldn't be because of him.
4: No,
3: it'd be me. Yeah, my. Um,
4: but you
0: said no right away too. <laughs> I'll say because that, of me. I'll say
3: I, I'll say this. Like I think that had the opportunity presented itself. When I was a rookie or, you know, earlier in the first probably three or four years of my career, we might have been able to do it. Um, oh, okay. And I might have been able because I would have needed to have made a bunch of pers- you know, personal yeah. choices, right, lifestyle choices that would have been able to – Yeah. Because he would have not put up with the that I was doing.
0: Right. I but, was
4: really regimented, man.
0: Right. No, I know that, and I, I don't disagree with you at all, but, like, once you got to Hendrick, though – my you changed. You had yeah, to. You I did. did. But you
3: did. I did. But he he already had the greatest. One of the greatest drivers.
0: Sure. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like, not gonna. You're not gonna I'm not saying that, that right. he's
3: gonna swap with Jimmy and me. But when you've had that, right? How do you how do you do anything else?
0: Yeah. You
4: know? It was. It would have been different. His where he, how he was living wasn't where I was. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to be. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, man, I, I was just just my mental space was just in a different spot. Like the the Jimmy and Chad time right there was just, man, it was just the timing was just like on point. Yeah. It just, you guys were just, it just happened, man. Like it, that just doesn't happen. We were so fortunate that, that Mr. H spotted that and got us together and, and gave us the freedom to do what we needed to do. And Jimmy blessed, bless that man. I love him so much. Um, Him allowing me to, to do what I needed to do to, Grow and learn and and become the guy that I needed to be was just awesome. You know, his tolerance for me was really high.
0: <laughs> That's tolerance. interesting. You know why it's interesting? You know, like when we had Rodney Childers here and you know, I asked him the question, Wait, How? Rodney's been on here? Yeah, oh, yeah. Before you. I thought I was the first crew chief. No. He, no. you know what? Oh, Dale man, Earnhardt man, took man, Rodney man. to Don't the his party. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney couldn't, couldn't wait to tell us about those albino catfish. <laughs> Dan Earnhardt sent about 12, uh, 12 or 13 of them home with him, too. Did he do that for you? No. no, no yeah. Man. No, I'm, but we asked Rodney, like, you know, how do you make it work with Harvick? Because Harvick had obviously developed a reputation of being, you know, quite vo- vocal on radios and whatnot. Yeah. And it became clear in his answer that Rodney did all the compromising, right? I mean, like, Rodney's like, well, this is how Harvick is, and so the only way it's going to work is if I... Let him now. It may not have been too hard for Rodney because he doesn't come come across as very you know vocal and everything. But he's going to let Ro, uh, Harvick speak his mind. How much compromising did you do after you and, you and Jimmy had that well documented uh, you know meeting with Mister H? Ah, oh, the milk and cookies. The milk and cookies meeting yeah. where you guys were arguing. But how much did you have to go compromise in areas to make that work? Because you got to a point that you guys couldn't lose. Yeah.
4: Um a lot, a lot, and but my compromise wasn't really with Jimmy. Oh, no, no, not really. no, if anything, it probably got even just the same or even more um, more asking of Jimmy uh, at that point because what what in my oh, how do I say this? at that point, I needed to give the team some freedom, kind of like I was speaking about earlier. and when I mm-hmm. did that, the performance really started to escalate even more and we didn't necessarily win more races or you know but our performance man was there like if we didn't win we were there and if we if we had a bad race we came back and you know if we had a, a battery failure failure we changed the battery and we came back and we won you know like that's that's where this really started to come so the 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 ask of Jimmy was even higher at that point it's like look man we've got we've got this ability you got to come with your A game every time and you've got to give a little bit more but man he could do it sorry
0: did I report it no if I it is, you could take it important. and listen. No, and take it's, uh, to.
4: If it was my wife, I've been funny. Um, <laughs> now it's a conference room at work. Um, so That's good. Yeah. Maybe that is important. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it could be. Jimmy was phenomenal about being in a race car and me being able to push him to go faster and he could do it. Mm. Now, look, you know, He'd say, well, because the car's capable of it, right? You know, because at different times, you know, he'd say, well, I can't do it now because the car's not capable or what have you. But, I, man, I'm just telling you, like, I could ask that guy, and he could do it. And that's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing what he was capable of doing. Like, and it was so dang fun, man, to watch it. You know, he'd be out there and running and be like, man, we, we need a 10th. And he'd get 800s, right? You know, I was like, man, okay, all right. Man, if we get a little bit of cross weight in this thing, we're going we're gonna to get it. And, you know, it's just, just amazing. I remember one time we were at Charlotte Motor Speedway, we were leading the 600, and he's just ripping, man. I mean, flying. And he's like, ah, just too tight. And we got like an eight-second lead on the field, just smoking everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, if you back up the corner just a little bit, it won't be as tight. You don't need to go that fast. Like, we're like a tenth and a half faster than everybody on the racetrack. He backed up the corner, and, like, we started going two and a half tenths faster. And everybody, I'm like, Jesus, man, this is amazing, right? And, and to live through that as a race car driver and a crew chief, and I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. Yeah. It was just an amazing time. It was so cool.
3: One of the things that I think a lot of people uh, associate with you is creativity. Nah. Um, <laughs> is that yeah. Right? Oh yeah. You think so? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Explain. Um, Jeez. You know, and this is this is what this is something that really. That's why your dad hired me? Well, it's something that interests the hell out of me. Yeah. You know, we talk and we talk to. Um, uh Gary Blue, you know, was an innovator? Yeah, Gary Blue on here? He 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 was one of our first guests this year or last year? Last year. Yeah, man. Um,
4: we used to race against him, loved him. Uh
3: but a lot of people that we've had on the show, Rodney and others, I mean, talking about um I'm not straight up calling you a cheater. I'm just saying oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. You, <laughs> you are innovative. <laughs> <laughs> You're innovative, <laughs> like you, geez, <laughs> man. What you read? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. No, you're right. I'm part of this too. So, like, you know, because I told, uh, <laughs> I would tell people, you know, when somebody gets busted for something or NASCAR finds something they don't like, I'm like, I want that crew chief. Yeah. If he, if my guy ain't trying to get busted, then we ain't trying hard enough. You yeah. know, I want, I loved an aggressive crew chief <laughs> that was willing to, to sit at home for six weeks yeah you know I did a couple times right so <laughs> you know yeah. I th- I think um you know what are some of the more creative things that you did to race cars <laughs> to try to find speed
0: it yeah N- nothing you're doing now though of course yeah. you, you
4: man I can go back a long long ways brother
3: um because I think that that was do you know that's not why you're a seven-time champion in the cup series but I think that one of the one things that I always appreciated about you is that even when you did get your hand smacked from NASCAR, you never changed that sort of approach. Yeah. That you got to be aggressive. Yeah. You know, if you're not pushing the limits of the rule book and finding holes in it yeah. every single day. And when we would go, I mean, we'd go to meetings at NASCAR or we'd go to our meetings at the conference room, and that was my favorite part was when we were going to talk about what, where Chad we hood? could get creative. No. <laughs> oh, I like gotcha. just where we could get creative. Yeah. And you could tell you know without saying any names, you could tell who in the room was like eager to to like explore opportunities where we could find, you know, ways to be creative with the rule book and find holes in. And you could see the people that were like Ugh, <laughs> boy, this makes me uncomfortable. Uh, That's usually know. management. Yeah.
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh Alan Gustafson just said this really well. And he said, um, to be successful in anything, you got to be just a little bit uncomfortable and, and it's the truth, right? And I lived my whole life very uncomfortable, uh, you know, going through technical inspection, <laughs> uh, making, making race calls, um, uh, you know, designing parts and, and, and cars and all that, you know, always just trying to push the limits. And, Man, we would have stuff that, you know, the rear-end housings would move in our cars, you know, an inch and a half. And we just go out there and just whip everybody. And, you know, you'd NASCAR to look at it and be like, well, you can't do that. I'm like, well, why? Show me. Well, we just can't. And then they would write a rule, right? Yeah. And then we would, we were we were so fortunate back then that we would have we would have things stacked up. And we would bring them out. Okay, we'll run this for a while until they catch it and when they catch it all right close that door bring in this new item all right and we'll run that you
0: had a, a long-term plan of oh man innovation we'll I mean, call you, it
4: i don't want to directly call you a cheater or no, man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's how we did it and uh, what we would do is we get to the playoffs and everything would come together like oh, everything man. that we tried at, you know early in the summer or late in the spring or at this track and we'd bring all that stuff together and we'd hit the playoffs man we were ready to rock and roll right
3: wow yeah pretty awesome it we was, didn't have a chance well, <laughs> we man, chance. What we did when we got in the same building yeah that was <laughs> it man, yeah. you, did great.
4: You, you were right in the hunt of good, for the championship yeah, man. there's a
3: lot of good parts and pieces
4: yeah we had a lot of, I mean we so we'd have to bring the drivers in I can't tell you how many times I'd lean in the window of Jimmy's race car and be like hey man you might want to sneak up on this one <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah don't really know what's going to happen yeah. and you know he'd just rip it right this could be three kids right. faster and it might just crash you know, <laughs> right. we, don't know. we just
4: got to see but we would bring the drivers in and be like alright guys look you know this weekend we got a little something going on here just just make sure you're prepared and you know give us good feedback don't freak out on the radio he's vocal on the radio you know damn housing falling out of the car <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and i'm like and i'm like let's Tell him to shut up, man! Like
3: everybody's hearing this. Everybody listens to
4: Dale. Oh, so
0: when you, to be clear for everybody listening at home, you're pointing to Dale Jr. Yeah. being the vocal one, not Jimmy necessarily. It's oh yeah. De- oh,
3: Latard Dale- never came to the window and said, "Hey, man, just- <laughs> we,
0: we got to be a little discreet about this. <laughs> shut We're trying to." So Dale
4: Jr. is basically blowing the cover. Oh man! Shh, shh keep it quiet. You know. And we work on it. We get a little bit better, and we yeah. get it all squared away. And next thing you know, we're going fast. Oh yeah. You know, Man. If, it,
3: if it felt weird, I'd be like, I can't do it. You got to <laughs> tighten all that <laughs> up back there. Everybody what do y'all better?
0: have back there? No, tell me on the radio <laughs> exactly. right now what y'all've done.
3: Get get that get that
0: inch and eighth wrench and tighten that <laughs> up. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so true. That is exactly it. I remember we were going to surprise Dale with this like, oh, we were going to sponsor uh, the Spire car, and I had this visions of grandeur where. Dale doesn't know we have a car back there and we're going to pull off the cover and it's going to have a dirty Mo sponsorship on a cup car. And he's going to be like, man, y'all got it. Oh, it's so awesome. And I'm like, what is What am I thinking? Dale's never going to react the way you think he is. He's going to go, why didn't y'all tell me this? What? I you know, and and it's like, and then the moment's gonna be gone. No, I got to tell him well in advance of it. Make sure he doesn't blow the cover.
4: That's so funny. You said that. It's true. It's true story. But Yeah, man, we, we had a lot of fun back then. It was, it was great.
3: Yeah, it was fun. It was it was awesome to be able to get in the same shop and and uh, so when I was racing in D when I was at DI for uh, for anyone in the sport at the time HMS is kind of this perfect successful man. I wonder what it's like in there. I wonder what they do. And I finally get hired to go work there, and I, I worked in in uh, the five. 88 shop for a while, and it was nice, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a definitely a different culture, but I still knew, and there was a huge difference between the cultures, not better or worse, but Just there different. was a different culture in the 4824 shop, yeah. and I was like, dang, you know, it's cool being here, and I'm getting to see some things that I've always wanted to see, and, and getting to have these conversations with everybody that works here, but man, I now I really want to kind of be in that shop, Yeah. <laughs> which I never thought it'd happen, but...
0: Um, what do you attribute that to, though? The difference, the culture. Well, well, I, I mean, it was so noticeable. Is Chad? You're saying it's Chad? Yeah. Is that true?
4: I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, so, I I have to assume. You know, I mean, I mean, Dale saw it from the outside and lived both worlds. I mean, he can he can attest to it more than yeah. anybody. Chad else.
3: definitely ran. Tra- Chad sort of controlled the atmosphere and the temperature in the forty eight twenty four shop. As far as my experience now before that I don't know um, he was there quite a while but um, when I got there you know LaTarte leaned on Chad mm-hmm. and LaTarte knew the opportunity he had to be able to work in the same building with Chad and he utilized that and to his to his success um, entire success yeah. and we were moldy you know we, we would fit wherever we needed to fit uh, in that shop and they were going to be who they were going to be and we, we really just kind of leaned on them all the time, you mm. know, and and tried to find ways to use what they were using and do what they were doing to make ourselves better. And
4: Well, and you you contributed a ton, man. You know, Jimmy got significantly better super speedway racing, racing around with you. Uh, we got a win because of you, right? You know, I mean, there's – Talladega? Yeah, yeah. When
0: definitely. he pushed him? Yeah. No, oh, I, I don't remember that. No, junior fans don't remember that at all. Either. No, There's no way.
4: <laughs> it's the asked. only
0: time you ever stayed behind anybody, I think.
4: Honestly. <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs>
3: that was the suckiest part about the tandem stuff is that I I was just good at pushing. I was not a good leader. Is so that, there's, yeah, think about that. Think about, okay, so have you ever raced in the, uh, well, you've probably not done it, but you've probably seen the chain races where they have yeah. a, the, car, the lead car has the motor, and I think the rear car has the brakes. Yep. <laughs> um. Like I was the I was good at b- being the pusher mm-hmm. and being when I was leading, I'm like, I might as well have had like a fifty to one steering box with a giant <laughs> steering wheel. <laughs> I'm like I don't know where to go, you know. Oh
4: man I, I oh, I'm trying to think. I think that was that race That may have been one of my first races back after a suspension, too, that we won that race. So, thank you. Yeah, no. That always always eases the pain, you know, when you come back and get it. I got
3: to ask you a question back when you were driving. um, This is one of those, you might not even remember this, but uh, you were working for Stacy at Sonoma. I wrecked y'all with, like, five laps (laughs) to go. So, the race has happened, and we've talked about this on this podcast. And the bloody nose.
0: Oh, this is good. (gasps) So. This is a good story. You don't remember this. Oh gosh. Okay, it I doesn't appear see, he does you. I can
3: see you don't. So, we're racing and midway through the race, I get a bloody nose. Okay. And I'm and oh, I'm I like, thought, thought okay, Gary. No. Right, so, I'm racing along and I'm like, "Now nah, this is it. This is cool. I'm bleeding <laughs> and it's I'm tough." Right? <laughs> <laughs> Got blood on me. I'm racing like hell. <laughs> er, me no learn heart. Yeah. And uh and so we get, we get down toward the last couple of laps, and I am um, I got a pretty good car, but I, somehow my uh, my strategy has me, like, 19th, and everybody just starts wrecking everybody. I come around a corner, and there's a guy spun out, and I run about a half a lap, and there's a guy in the tires. <laughs> and I'm like, well, sh- I'm going to just start pushing people out of the way, and Stacy was in front of me, and we got down into, like, some turn with, like, three to go, and I'm like, boop, spin Stacy around, and I, I was like, well... That was just one spot. I was thinking that'd be a lot more rewarding than, <laughs> than it was. So I went from like 15th to 14th and I pull into the garage and I'm taking my off and I'm hot and sweaty and sitting there and I got oh, dried blood on my face and I look and you're walking up to the car. Oh no. Yeah. You're walking up to the driver. You're like <laughs> oh, no. getting ready to give, you know, what the hell was that? you spun my driver out. I'm not happy. And you got like five foot from the window and you looked at me and I must've had blood like, (laughs) and you looked at me and you went and turned around and walked off. (laughs) You never said a word. And you looked me so puzzled. You were so puzzled like, damn, somebody beat me to it. Somebody (laughs) Somebody got a swipe (laughs) in already. Somebody else got here and hit it. (laughs) You don't remember that? I don't, It was a long time ago. I'll never forget it.
4: Funny thing about that race (laughs) <laughs> there was a lot that went bad there. So you crashed us. And so we, we were pitted on the the island, right? On the inside of the racetrack yeah. where that, that inner pit road was. possible. Yeah. Where is this? Sonoma. Sonoma, Sonoma. okay. So when yeah. you would come into the final turn, they had uh, pit road wasn't long enough, so they had cars pit on the inside of the racetrack. So we had to move all your equipment to the inside of the racetrack, and you couldn't get out till the race was over. So we're in there, and we bring our cool-down units and toolboxes and you know stuff sitting out there, and we get crashed and uh, obviously by you. I remember that now. And uh, (laughs) so my crew member, he rolls over to the the cool-down unit that's full of water, doesn't want to push it all the way out full of water because it's heavy, pulls the plug, starts dumping the water out. The water started running across the (laughs) racetrack. There's like four laps to go, and there's like a stream of water going down into turn 11. And I'm like, oh, my God, NASCAR is going to be so upset with me. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. We got fortunate I didn't get called to the trailer on that one.
0: Hey, just – Random things that I had always kind of wanted to ask you, and I've always kind of wondered, you, you did allude to it a little bit about, you know, putting the people, the, the pieces together on a team. Yeah. Okay. Now, at some point, engineers, the, the premium on engineers really kind of seemed to take off. Or am I, do I have that wrong? I mean, like at some point, it was like crew chief, driver. But now, engineers all of a sudden started becoming the next crew chiefs and, and, yeah. and, and started like, and I was always curious, what's better hypothetically an a-plus engineer and a c-plus driver or an a-plus driver and a c-plus engineer if you are the crew chief and having to pick the driver get an a-plus driver and a c-plus engineer yeah, absolutely so there's still nothing I mean, look what jimmy did with good, me well <laughs> but, but, but you're a good person to ask because you also had some phenomenal engineers yeah i mean like notorious greg ives happened to do yeah. well for himself right yeah. um so I just I was always curious what you thought and is is the premium still you got to have the wheelman and then everything else falls in place yeah. or if if the wheelman has a car that's innovative and yeah. and crafty it, it takes both
4: it takes both um the way that we always approached it uh was maybe a little different than some some other folks Um you just let me give you an example Jimmy had certain racetracks he was really good at Dover for instance I mean guys just a master at Dover, right? Like you could drive a Chevrolet Tahoe around there and beat half the field. Um, We didn't really focus on Dover. Didn't need to, Yeah, Jimmy did. So what we would do is we would go focus on racetracks that Jimmy wasn't good and he didn't maybe have the upper hand and try to make sure that we took a better product to those racetracks until he got to the point where he had the confidence and the ability to do what it was that he needed to do. So I think you have to have both to to operate at the level that that you need to in this sport right now. because the driver can't do it at every venue. Just can't. It's just not not possible. Um, And the the team can't do it at every venue. So you got to figure out how you're going to approach it, and that's the way we always did it.
3: Talk about the uh, new opportunity, the new position you're going to take next year. Yeah. Yeah. So what is this role, and why are you excited about it?
4: Man, I can't wait. Uh, So it's called Vice President of Competition. Um, Jeff Andrews has that role right now um jeff andrews is moving up to uh, general manager of hendrick motorsports which is an amazing uh, opportunity for him uh he he has got a very very he's learned a lot uh being in this role that he's in right now about cars that he didn't before because he was basically an engine guy right and so he was thrust into this uh and did fantastic um huge fan of jeff's and uh he and i've worked really well together we complement each other really well because he's a very 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 not slow to move but just calm Mm -hmm. type person right and As we've said, I'm not necessarily naturally that way. So I can use that as to my advantage. Um, but, but he's moving up and then I'm taking a vice president of competition role and, and basically that is, um, what would be under my umbrella, like Mr. Hendrick, likes to call it is just everything with the car to make the car go faster. So that's, um, you know, the manufacturing aspect, that's the production aspect. That's the the development and design. Um, the engineers, the, the, the four car numbers, um, all, all of it, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, and I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed.
0: What, what part of that job are you most looking forward to that you don't have to do that you do as a crew chief? I, the part I'm looking forward to
4: is working with all the teams. Um, I really enjoy working with folks now. I enjoy working with people more now than I do working with cars. Um, I think just being beat on so much about the cars and, and, and going through all the changes and all that's taken a little bit of that – that, that um, excitement from the cars away from me, not gonna lie. But I really love, you had mentioned Greg Ives, uh, Cliff Daniels, um, some of the other guys that we've got that are coming up through the ranks at Hendrick Motorsports. I really enjoy working with these guys and trying to guide them and get them into positions to where they can be successful. I, I really, really like that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've really enjoyed, so I, I told you we're in a position now at HMS that it's, it's we're just starting to blossom with the way that we've got our structure now, and man, I've really enjoyed getting to know and working with Alan Gustafson, you know, you, you talked about that competitive, uh, that friendly competition yeah. between the card numbers, man, we lived it, because Alan was a, a Hart guy, I was an Everham guy, those two did not get along really at all, oh. and, and Alan and I, not that we carried that, but we had that competition, you know, he would win, I would win, he would win, I would win, you, you know, and we were just, We would help help one not really help one another we push one another that's probably the best way to say it and so we always just had a little bit of a coarseness between the two of us and man right now i I love working with that guy like Mm. he is so dang smart uh he is such a good crew chief um i think they got an opportunity to go to phoenix this weekend and win the race and win the championship you Mm. know which would be fantastic so so working with the folks is what i'm really looking forward to
0: well, I tell you this: if you're going to become a VP of competition, I can't think of a better lineup of drivers that I would want to start off our new man. role with than what you guys are going to have in 2021, right? Man, I'm I so mean, excited! What do you make of this?
4: Man, we've got youth. We've got youth behind the wheel. We've got youth in the in the uh, on top of the pit box. We've got we've got youth on pit road. We've got a lot of youth, and we've been in a rebuilding phase at Hendrick Motorsports now for you know, about five years, right? And man, it's looking good. You know. Uh, I mean, Kyle coming on board, that's just exciting. Uh, Chase is, I mean, he is so solid everywhere he goes right now. You know, you give him a good car and he's going to run up front. Alex and Greg have done phenomenal this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. phenomenal. Like, the, this last series of races, I'm, I'm crushed that they're not going to Phoenix because they deserve to. They've done enough, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's and William, man, you know, I told William this the other day. I was like, man, and I said, no disrespect where you're at right now, but in four years, you're going to be awesome. Like, mm. He is going to be awesome, yeah. and just because he doesn't have as much racing experience as some of these other guys do, but man, he's getting it in droves right now, so he's he's highly talented, so we're we're really excited about our lineup.
3: Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, Hendrick Motorsports sort of going forward with you in this role, and I think it's a very, very uh, smart move. Um, for Rick to put somebody who has such history with this, uh, with this company and in racing, I mean, you have lived it your whole life. Hmm. Um, it's going to really be a benefit to the, to the business. So we look forward to seeing how it works out, man. Thanks for coming. It's been fun talking to you. Uh, we didn't get to everything I know, but, uh, you know, we, we definitely love to have you back. Yeah. We have you a year or two in this particular role and see if
0: you can <laughs> See how back. much has yeah, changed. See if you can come back and tell us more about
4: that. But uh, so since you had a crew chief, let me be the first VP of competition you have on here then. Sure. How's that? Let's Perfect. do that. All That's right. fine. By the way, oh
0: we we can't close this out without there was a rumor I heard about him. Oh jeez. Oh, about uh about Twitter. Oh. Oh man Last person I thought I'd ever see. Did, yeah, is this true? Man. T- 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 yeah. Give us give us uh
4: yeah, I am. I am going into the Twitterverse. Um, I've it's time. It's time to, to get out there. We've had look and what spurred this is there's like a bunch of like people like stealing my name and saying they're me and sending yeah. Jimmy and everybody tweets. And, you know, I've, I've always been away from it. I haven't done it. Um, but I'm going to uh, you know, <laughs> at Chad Kanaus is is out there now and i'm gonna give it a go man i'm gonna
0: that see might what be happens. worth the
3: entire show in a couple years oh my god can you imagine track. mouse tweets
4: yeah
0: so you know. i can't wait to see if he emerges as a blocker or a responder you know to people because man mm. they, you know people are going to step the chat don't forget you can mute you can muting He could be a muter <laughs> I, i'm
4: really curious to see what happens because there's been a lot of people that have called me cheater yeah. throughout the years and said <laughs> bad things to me you know from afar i can only imagine what's going to be happening here it'll be interesting uh, to are see. you prepared yeah. for this Oh, man, yeah. I'm thick-skinned. Have you tweeted yet? No, no. I think we'll do our first tweet- here, you know. maybe we'll do it with us. Yeah, well, let's, do let's do it. Uh, How about that? It. Let's do it. Can we do that? Yes.
3: Yeah, Social media, yes. Leah, is like, You want to be yes. number one tweet?
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all,
3: all right, let's all do right. it. Fair <laughs> enough. Tonight when the podcast comes out. Are
0: you going to retweet me? <laughs> I will. Gonna me? <laughs> I will. <laughs> he's already, be, he's going to be uh, keeping we're his ass He's as already well? for Yeah, retweets. but you won't oh, yeah. notice any difference as far as the, you know, the increase in engagement. But yes, of course I will, Chad. I think you actually could be perfect for Twitter because, like, in the real world, there's only one Chad Ganaus. But on Twitter, there's a million of them. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Those people that just don't have a filter and they'll just say, you know, be direct. You know, everybody's direct on Twitter. Well, they can hide, right? Right. I
3: don't see
4: how they know how
0: to tweet. He'll
3: never use the character limit. Right,
0: (laughs) right. (laughs) He'll (laughs) never use it. He'll
3: get his point across in the shortest. (laughs) Like It'll be like... Yep. His tweets will be like...
0: Yeah, I
4: can't wait. Very little Uh, use of emoji. I'm really curious about. No I'm in in a little bit better spot. Like I don't have to worry about sponsorship quite as much now. (laughs) Yes, you do. Well, not quite as much, right? Like I can (laughs) I can throw a little dig out there and be like, I'm not going to get the call from so and so on (laughs) that one. You know, that's so I got a little more freedom right now. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I can't wait. Yeah.
3: All right, man. We'll have fun with it.
4: All right, guys. Thanks. We'll see
3: you around. Thank you. Yeah, man. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Junior here with the Dale Jr. Download, and we are ready for the... Are you eating shredded beef jerky, Mike? Yeah. He is. He is. Um, yeah, I brought everybody some shredded beef jerky, if you've been watching the show. You know that I'm a big fan. Uh, but this is the Ask Jr. part of the show, presented by our friends Xfinity. Um, they're a premier partner of NASCAR, and I'm a customer, a big happy customer for Xfinity. What's so funny, Matthew? Sorry, I was trying to lean down so you didn't see me, but I was watching Mike.
4: I'm I sorry. Do? I apologize.
3: Because he's eating shredded beef jerky making faces and I yeah. couldn't help it. I'm well, sorry. It I funny. tried to duck so you didn't you see tried me. Tried to duck, yeah. Sorry. I see. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> making bigger emotions. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I try no, I tried. Oh! I'm trying to do something so you can't see me over here. Hey. I was trying to do this. <laughs> Hoping you might not see me. Oh, Anyways, goodness. ask Junior. It's time to hear the questions that you sent to Xfinity Racing on Twitter and in this chat. So, Leobond, she has those questions. Let's get started.
1: Yeah, our first question coming from Diego Alvarado. Um, he sent this into uh, Xfinity's Twitter. With your new involvement in iRacing, what kinds of things do you want to see from the service from the service in the coming years? So,
3: um, I have become a director. Uh, uh, executive director at iRacing and basically I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing for iRacing for decades on and off. I've helped them create partnerships with tracks, uh, organizations like NASCAR and uh, manufacturers, brought them together to be able to talk to manufacturers, trying to explain early in the early stages of iRacing. A lot of people didn't know what it was. A lot of people in racing and motorsports didn't know what it was. And I had to try to tell them like, hey, this is going to be a big thing. This is going to be, this is where you want your your car, your track, this is where you want people learning about it and, and racing on the virtual version of that of that track. So I've helped them sort of create some of those relationships. I've helped them under uh, back when I was a driver more so. I provided them with a lot of information as far as horsepower and drag and, and, and torque and uh, just as much information as I could possibly. If they needed it, I tried to get it. And I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, to help them create the best sim and the whole purpose and and the whole focus or or drive for me is 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 just I'm a selfish customer I just want to I just want to race on the sim and I want that content on the sim so I can I want me and my friends to be able to you know have fun with this new content so I'm always out there trying to get them to scan this track and that track and build this car and that car and uh, i'm just going to continue to try to keep the push put the pressure on Steve Myers and everybody at iRacing. and uh I know that the the company's got such a bright future they 've already accomplished so much i'm excited to continue to be a part of it and more more of an official role now going forward but it's all it 's all a selfish sort of thing uh, a bit of selfish motivation because i i'm a customer and I just want to uh keep racing and keep having fun on such an enjoyable platform, and I want it to continue to grow.
1: Kevin Grapes is watching live on YouTube. We want to know what your thoughts are. Uh, Harvick missing the championship after dominating the season.
3: Man, that's tough. Uh, We watched that happen uh, obviously in the broadcast booth. I was surprised, okay, you know, Harvick's move at the end, I think a lot of us would have done it Mm -hmm. differently. Mm. Um, (laughs) I am watching and I'm like, hey, he's going to he's got to he's going to hit him in the middle of the corner or entering the corner and just move him up the track into the marbles. Once you send a guy up there into the marbles outside of the main, you know, two grooves at Martinsville, they're they're done. They're kind of sliding around. They're not going to be able to come back and get you. Especially if you're just coming to the checkered flag. So I thought, you know, going into turn 3, he would just kind of, okay, Kyle, I'm just going to send you up the track. It's harmless. You're going to be fine. I'm going to take this spot. You're going to finish behind me um but Kyle went into the corner in the high line and he didn't chase him up there he just went to the bottom and and then tried to hit him coming off the corner and spun themselves both out uh Jeff Burton said to me he goes you know for people that don't wreck other people on purpose a lot when they try to do it they do a lousy job of it Mm -hmm. um and so that was his his opinion um and that was interesting but uh I I thought man, if I'm Kevin, I send Kyle up the track into turn three and I just go by him. Uh, but he didn't do it that way. And so, um, you know, that was my kind of initial reaction to that. And we watched the 20 car, you know, just not pass Denny. And, uh, we, we now know that they had some radio communication about that and not to pass Denny, but I'm sitting, we're sitting there watching it. Everybody there that was watching, it was like knew that, that Jones wasn't going, going to pass him. And so, uh, you know, it was interesting to see how NASCAR handled that. I don't think that, sh- you know, I, I, you can make the argument that Denny's, like, just running his car best he can run it. And, uh, um, you know, that Jones and his, his group, uh, as far as crew chief spotter and the driver, are responsible for what they did and that they should, you know, they should be opposed some sort of a, Penalty or fine compared to the precedent set in the past with Michael Waltrip Racing and all that. It's a little bit different, but still the same sort of manipulation to get a guy into uh, further into the playoffs. But NASCAR chose not to find him, so that's what's happening. That's where that's, that's what's going. That's what's happening going forward. Um, I probably would have if I'd have been NASCAR. I guess if you wanted to ask me, um, I'm sure people are going to want to know uh, my feelings about it. I probably would have fined or penalized the twenty. That group in some way, I don't know if I could. I would have had to think hard about Denny and doing anything there because I don't know that Denny did anything intentionally to manipulate the finish of the race. Um, I would not probably add anyone back in, or 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 put you know Harvick or Boyer or anybody into the final four. I never liked when they did that with Gordon, um, and uh, so that's I just probably would would be a little bit hard on that twenty team. Uh, and that would be it.
1: All right. Is that it? Uh, what was that? Two questions? No, that was like no, four, or, was five like four or five. I mean, I can ask another one. one we, more. Had, we had we got a Dale loves this a Z There, he's a, a Boyer fan, and um, with Boyer retiring, he's looking for another active driver to be a fan of. Is there any other driver that might have a similar personality to his that I should look into? <laughs> My goodness, similar no. personality. Oh. He's one of a kind, <laughs> there's right? There's nobody like Clint. <laughs> honestly,
3: yeah. There's nobody like Clint and um i mean i honestly i could not think of anybody that that would remind me of him and he's a colorful personality and a great guy and and he's going to be amazing for our sport in the booth it's exactly i think what what that booth needs um and it's just going to be so much fun listening to him on on race day do some do some races and i'm glad he's going to be a part of the sport going forward but he's going to leave a void in personality on the racetrack Um, it will be filled, and we have a lot of great personalities out there but there's not many that come along in our sport like him Um, he's pretty real and honest and raw and um, I will say that the guy that's filling that seat uh, Chase Briscoe is worth a look no he's nothing like Clint in personality um, but as far as character uh, I'd put them both up there is very, uh, guy's a very high character. That's a tough question because, like, the, Some, the crazy character part of it. Yeah.
1: Somebody said, um, Noah Gregson would be one to watch if he like Clint as far as color, yeah. color personalities. Yes. Yeah.
3: Corey LaJoy? Yeah. Corey's a little bit like Clint, yeah, but a little, little cleaner. Can be a little <laughs> unhinged at times. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll have to keep our eye out for the next, you know, the next Clint East or uh, Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one of those <laughs> too. <Yeah. laughs> Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer's cool, going to love that. I, um, I call him clean. For it. <laughs> oh if you could only see Mike in the background. In his yeah. lab, that all? Thanks for all the questions. Great stuff this week and every week. Uh, the segment goes by too fast. I'd love if we could do that a little bit longer, Mike.
0: I know it does go by fast, just like Xfinity Internet does.
3: Yeah. Xfinity X5 keeps me connected with great speed. I'm a customer of Xfinity, so I can speak from experience. There's no better way to stay up to speed
0: with NASCAR and Dirty Mo Media. I mean, the best part about this is hearing the great, clever questions that people come up with. You think you've asked it all, but you haven't. Um, And so if you go to at Xfinity Racing and use the hashtag Ask Junior, send those questions in, and we'd love to hear uh, what's on your mind, and Junior will take a stab at answering them.
3: A big thanks to Xfinity for being a premier partner of NASCAR. Last
0: call.
1: Last call.
0: I got something to say. Oh!
3: All right, it's last call, Mike. What do you got to say?
0: This is an acquired taste. You come around. <laughs>
3: Jeez. This beef jerky. It took him a whole show.
0: I've been eating this a uh, little bit, little bit at a time by you know, little nibble here, a little nibble there. It's a mess. You can't do it cleanly. But I started off the show not liking it. By the end of the show, I have. Ooh, you got a bonus. It. He's giving me oh. another oh. one. Anyone else like it so much? Nice. I'm going to you know, bring it home to my else wife. I just go ahead just and put didn't.
3: an order in. Anyone else? While
1: I'm here, I'm going to avoid everyone. Hit me too. I'm avoiding everyone in this room for the rest of the day because I've learned about the side effects and I don't want to be near any of you.
0: It's also only 25 calories.
1: There's beef jerky flying all over this place.
3: All right, everybody. Oh, you want another one? Man, I I led you too, man. That was good.
1: We've
3: lost all pretty control. control.
0: Yeah, We've pretty lost
3: good. control. Jerky's everywhere. everywhere.
0: So <laughs> there's no better way to end the show.
3: Honestly, y'all are not going to believe this, but they, we do not have a jerky deal. No. Right? <laughs> this, we need just, one.
0: I just thought Strange Beef Jerky was worth
3: talking about on an open segment. And it has turned into quite the story. Um we had a great show. Chad Canals was uh, was awesome and uh, man, he's changed so much. In his life, so it's good to be able to catch up with him, and, and he was so ha- he was he was happy to be here. I think he was. He was. He was yeah. glad to be here, and uh, we got some we got some great lines in the water for the uh, remaining shows. We we got one more no. show.
0: No, and and I can't wait to hear about the lines of the water that you know about. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm we got you. some lines. No, hold we're on. gonna we got a few lines. We got some. And we're
3: lines. gonna end this season with a
0: bang. Boom! We've got. Uh, I won't be here next week, so you're going to really show, have a good show. Three more podcasts, one um, not counting this week. One more TV show, right? So next week's TV show next will week's be our TV last, show's the last. But then we're going to do a few more podcasts. And last year this time, you were always trying to, uh, you know, make me tighten up and do shows throughout the off season. Yeah. I, I thought we needed some time, but like I'm, uh, you know, if we. Spring in here one time and just you know do a show just on a whim. Will I it actually it happen?
3: Say? I feel like that we should be doing at least a couple shows during the months of December and January to bridge the gap between mm-hmm. during the off season to keep our listeners uh, tuned into what we're doing, and uh, so that you know they don't have to they don't have to kind of tune out and then tune back in. That's right. that's a big ask.
0: I'm I'm down with that. So um
3: and plus we always got. YouTube uh, content that needs posting, and we'll Thank be you. able to create some great content that way. So, uh, everybody, if you like that idea, I think I've got them finally convinced. Mike Davis, it's nice you finally came around. Yeah. Hey.
0: Well, it just took a little bit of beef jerky. All right. It. That's all it took.
3: <laughs> everybody have a great week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dale Junior Download on Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.